Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Slow Burn Media and Bill Huffman present Who Killed? A podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. Tonight at the police department, tears were shed, but the Bay Village chief assured the community authorities will do all they can to arrest Amy's killer. Anytime you uh, discover a crime scene, obviously there will be more evidence available to you. We feel that eventually somebody will give us the tip that will uh, maybe tie it all together and uh, we'll be able uh, to resolve this. Amy became everybody's child. Her playful grin endeared us to her, but tattered ribbons now remind us of the ugliness, not the hope. Less than 30 miles. Within 30 miles of the abduction site is usually where the victim is found, either alive or dead. Well, it, uh, it certainly isn't what we were all, and every one of you two, were hoping for. After more than four months, the Amy Center today closed down operations here in the Bay Village Engineer's Office. More than 200 volunteers got involved from as far away as Hudson and Wadsworth. They spent thousands of hours distributing more than a million and a half Amy posters nationwide. Amy's posters up all over town will eventually come down. So will the ribbons tied up for Amy that are now worn and torn. But her memory will stay as this tiny tree grows. Students planted the tree for Amy after she disappeared. I've always taught them the rules. You never go with anyone anywhere, but that's how we got through her, through her soft heart. She wanted to do something for mom, and it was supposed to be kept a secret. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and of course, this is a slow burn media production. As you guys know, my start in the podcasting industry began with the Amy Mihaljevic case, and if you're familiar with the case, then you know that there has been an update this week that just so happened to drop on the Monday during Sweeps Week. Now, I'm not going to pour cold water over this whole entire tip or police report, but I do talk with Nick on this episode about some of the issues that I have with this story, as well as the fact that some of these names in this court document that they were able to uncover were not redacted and therefore it's one of those things where I feel like the media is overstepping their boundaries and as a member of the media myself I feel like this is a time where we should kind of be hands off and not try to go for a ratings grab during a ratings sweeps week and I know that I'm a former employee of this particular news station, and this is no 
axe to grind whatsoever, but I believe that a case this precious and this fragile to the community as well as to the people who are involved, Jason, Amy's brother, as well as her father, Mark, and his wife, Georgette, there is a lot of passion that goes into this case, and to see a news story come out that claims to be an exclusive, but yet it was actually reported to police in 2019, I just find it a little disingenuous to the overall story of what happened to Amy. And again, my heart goes out to the Mahalovic family. I have spoken with them before, and they are lovely people, and they want nothing but an answer. And I hope that this is more than just a news story, but again, I worked in the media, still work in the media. I'm a skeptic, therefore it is what it is. And so Nick and I, I was lucky again to have Nick come on the show this week because this had to be discussed as so many people hit me up on Facebook and Twitter about my thoughts on the news story by News 5. Now, again, this is something that I've obviously I've followed for a long time. It's been the source of a lot of material on my podcast. But I felt like I was getting asked a lot of questions that I didn't have a lot of answers to. And I think that's what the story itself leaves up in the air. Now, there's some facts in there that are very interesting. And again, Nick and I will go over that. So join me. Again, for another conversation with Nick from True Crime Garage about this latest Amy Mahalovic update and what the possible repercussions could be from this news report. So enjoy. Well, it's been one wild week in the world of Amy Mahalovic and the Amy Mahalovic case, with it being the anniversary and the somewhat exclusive news story that was released on Monday, the day of the anniversary. And I am very happy to say that I am joined with Nick from True Crime Garage to discuss this update and what we think about this latest news story. So thanks for coming on the show, Nick. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me on. You know, you're one of the first people I thought of when I saw the the news release come out and a big shout out to the captain who made me aware that we were going to get some Amy news and we just covered it. Uh, we talked about this update on true crime garage just yesterday, but there are some things that I wanted to get your opinion on. I think this is a potentially substantial update and I want to hear your feelings on it as well, because you and I, have both followed this case for it feels like our entire lives. And um, so your opinions are always valued by me um, on anything that, that relates to Amy's case. So take us through your initial reaction to the news that, Hey, we have a suspect where it's somebody we're working on. You and I both know that throughout the years following this case since 89 and 90, that there, there have been these little, little things along the way. And usually they're not of any significance at all. 
Yeah. So my initial reaction was to check the day of the week or the 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 day of the month and I, unfortunately, I'm a skeptic, and so I always take these stories with a grain of salt before I dive into them even. And so uh, before I read it, I actually looked up to make sure it was, you know, not Sweeps Week, but unfortunately, it turned out to be Sweeps Week, and the story was released on the anniversary. So I have a lot of questions about the timing of this quote-unquote exclusive story. So my first thought is... Once I dove in and read this story, is somebody dropped the ball here because this court record should not have been uh, attainable by the media, in my opinion. I don't believe that uh, an open case like this would have uh, a police report. You can have a police report that's filed, but it it could it should have been sealed, in my opinion. And I've heard through the grapevine that there are certain names that weren't redacted in this document. And so my initial thoughts are, um, I take it with a grain of salt, but the further I looked into it, my initial thoughts gave way to maybe this is something. And maybe there is some hope here. I, I so I don't want to I did pour cold water on it initially, but I'll say that I know what I know that the things in the story happened, but I also think that if these things really did have an effect on the case, then this person would be already in cuffs. And I just I don't know. I mean, what's your thought on that? I mean, you mean if they have more on this guy than just circumstantial evidence? Yeah, because evidence. Because you know they they you know they went on to to praise the fact that they can do a circumstantial case. In one episode, I did. You know, Spetzel lays out how they did a circumstantial case without any, you know, physical evidence. But it, it's one of those things like. Is it since Spetzel's gone, there now there's a change in the guard, and so they're they're kind of approaching things differently, and they're making things more open to the to the public. But again, they want you know they didn't come they declined to comment on the story, and they say they're working the case diligently. And you know I don't want to say too much about the case itself because I don't want to screw it up if it is the guy (laughs) you know what i mean like if this is the guy then it's just like saying all right ready set go here's here's your chance to run away (laughs) and uh well i mean there's no getting around it he knows from the from the news release who who they are talking about he knows that they're talking about right they were descriptive enough and he knows he was the one that according to the article walked into the police department and answered some questions be it last fall so he's he's not being blindsided here this is no surprise to him that that they that that his name is in their case file that he was interesting enough to them to the point where they spoke with him in person 
if he wanted to flee, he could flee. Um, if he, you know, there's some thought that, that maybe the, 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 the heat is so hot on this guy that maybe he'll commit suicide. I don't think that's going to be the case. Nah, We're talking about he, if he did do this or whoever did this, if they're still alive, they've lived with this for 31 years. If they were going to, um, take the easy way out, they would have done that by now. Um, so I think what's going on here is a situation where, look, a really good cop, a really good detective is always going to work with a monkey on their back. And that monkey is the conviction. Okay. You work a case to get a conviction, not just get an arrest and put the guy in jail because that's not where your job stops. And if you make blunders along the way, if you drop the ball along the way, you, that monkey on your back could strangle you. You could be responsible for this thing getting to trial and getting tossed out of the courtroom and this guy walks free. Uh, Sam Shepard. Correct. So. What I think we have here is a situation where police probably have a good circumstantial case against this guy, mm-hmm. right? Now, there are several issues working against that conviction, getting the conviction. And in this case, the number one thing you have is it's been 31 years. Right. When you're trying to convict someone beyond the reasonable doubt, beyond reasonable doubt, well, immediately you have reasonable doubt with any suspect that you bring forward, unless you have DNA locked and loaded, because the reasonable doubt is you got 12 people sitting on a jury going, well, why did it take so long? If if this is the guy and, and the prosecution and the state is telling me this is 100% the dude that's responsible, you go, well, what the hell took so long? Explain to me why it took so long. Explain to me why it was so confusing to you for 31 years that it is this guy. That's reasonable doubt right there. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, let's say you charge the guy with what little you have right now. And then you toss it out yourself and figure out that he's not your dude. And you find the dude a year from now. Yeah, but what did you just do with the DNA? Because you have so little of it. You can only run so many tests. Right. So, but that aside, what what I'm pointing out here, Bill, is that if you arrest this guy, if you charge him with the with this specific homicide, mm-hmm. and then you figure out it's not our guy, and you release him, you don't take him to court, and then a year from now you arrest another guy and take that guy to court, again, more reasonable doubt that they've got the wrong guy. What do you mean? It took 32 years now. And and you, oh, reasonable doubt, you arrested another man for the same homicide. Right. Now you have to prove in court that it, it's all these hurdles that you create for yourself if you rush to an arrest. And here's the thing, too. I think they must feel somewhat confident that this guy wouldn't flee, or if he does flee, they'll be able to track him pretty easily. So there's no real threat here. And and I, I know we've all been starved for an answer, starved for some justice and a conclusion here. Mm-hmm. But 
we've waited this long. Let's get it right. You know, let's get it I, right. I that's something that I 100% stand by. And I feel like after just covering the Sam Shepard stuff, um I feel like it's one of those uh clear cases of let's not put the cart before the horse or the horse right. or, or shit. Yeah, I think I said it right the first time. Anyway, um put the cart before the horse and or count your chickens before they hatch because we don't have anybody in custody. And I've always said that once I see somebody in cuffs is when I say, good job. Um, let's go from here. But if it turns out that it is this individual, then some of this stuff could come back. And I don't know. I mean, what do you think about the releasing of the story and the timing of it? I mean, do you think it's just... I mean, it's not obviously something that they just came across. So, you know, and I, I don't know if you <clears throat> had the opportunity to listen to our our update on the case yet, but that's something that came up on our okay. show. And I'm pretty suspicious that that it was a leak, that it was tossed out there on purpose by law enforcement. And look, this is just my speculation here. Um, and I say that because it's awfully, it's an awfully big coincidence to have this, an update of this magnitude on an anniversary. It's 31 years to the day of when the body was recovered. Mm -hmm. And that, look, I've been doing this long enough to know that that stuff just does not happen. It just, it, it doesn't just happen that way. And so I think that what we have here is, is potentially a situation where maybe law enforcement really wants to supercharge, you know, to, to jab that needle right into the vein and, and really put this thing, put the public on steroid on steroids and put them on notice that we need, we're, we're getting close, but we need just a little more. And we we're coming to you once again for that. And it's, Look, they didn't have to release the guy's name. Anybody that knows this guy, there was enough stuff that was specific enough in that release that people who know this guy know who they're talking about. I mean, the guy's 64 years old. They said they said his age. Mm -hmm. He's 64. He's homeless. Um, he lived in the Bay Village area at the time in 89 and 90. He worked in the area at the time. He had family that lived in the area at the time. These are all things to really remind the people who know this guy. We're talking about the person you're thinking about, and we need you to really jog your memory and, and, and tell us, has this guy done anything weird? Has he done anything similar? Is there anything that we could come at this guy with? And I, I think it's really just to supercharge the public. I do it, look if it is this guy, then they're closer than they've ever been. Yeah, I and I, I I felt like I've had to answer a lot of questions that I just don't have the answers to for to people the other day, and I'm like I, I I'm not privy to the like the inside in you know it's not like they tell me anything, and so the the thought is, uh, as far as the timing goes. Was it a leak? If it was a leak, well, 
they shouldn't whoever leaked it should have redacted the names of certain people and um they didn't uh oh you now you've got me bill you got me i i can't i can't sit here any longer and just let this let this flow through without me poking the bear a little bit here you keep saying this redacted names you know what names you're talking about you don't want to say them. i can't say them why can't you say them? because they're they're names that people they're not they're not suspects let's just put it that way can i can i say that and you it's your show you can say whatever you want i mean it's just uh, you know it, the story says what you know they the two eyewitnesses came in and did a photo lineup and you can figure it out from there. So, so we have the eyewitnesses names that probably should have been redacted. We have, uh, Amy Mahalovic's name should have probably been redacted. The suspect's name redacted, uh, should have been. And the other one I'm guessing would be Margaret Mahalovic's name probably appeared somewhere in that that document and should have been redacted as well. I've not seen the document, so I'm just guessing. Yeah, well, here, that's the thing going off of what the release I, I, is. again. Like, I mean, if you did a FOIA request, generally speaking, you'll get documents or you'll get reports, but like it's, it's, you'll see a lot of black, you know, marker and it's not uncommon. So I'm just, uh, if this is a inside leak, then somebody's screwed up and, it could easily just be somebody screwed up in the filing of the report. And that's the, not anybody's malicious. Somebody screwed up in, in the court. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a court document. Exactly. So um, the leak didn't have to come from police. And it didn't it have to have be been, intentional. It could have come from some, something as simple or as that too, as a, a, a document, this document crossed someone's desk cross someone's eyes and they said, you know what? I'm going to phone my buddy over at news five. Mm -hmm. I saw Mahalovic, the name Mahalovic on this document. And it would stand uh, out. It would certainly would. So speaking of Margaret Mahalovic, one thing that I found interesting in the news release itself, it said that, uh, the, the girlfriend. Okay. So the, for those who are hearing this for the first time, the, the very basics of the, the, update is that a woman came forward telling police she suspected her ex-boyfriend to have been involved possibly involved in the abduction of amy mahalovic and why she thinks that he may have been involved was because his whereabouts were unaccounted for on the day that amy went missing the guy did not come home that night she says very unusual for this man, my ex-boyfriend, to not come home to disappear overnight. He calls her at some point that night. The The news article said 10 p.m., which I kind of missed that part mm -hmm. when we were talking about it in the garage. My head was spinning a little bit. I, you know, I, I got very excited about the update and was very eager to to talk about it. And I was supercharged. And so I kind of missed the 10 o'clock call. I find that incredibly interesting and uh, complicated too. And we'll get into that, but going off of memory here, Bill, the, the, the news, 
the news would have been 11 o'clock. Uh, see, now it's okay. All right. So we think, uh, yeah, because Margaret Mahalovic doesn't show up to the Bay Village police station until 5 51 p.m. on October 27th, 1989. That's a fact. Okay. So it's five. It's five. There's no way it's on the five o'clock news or the six o'clock news. Maybe, maybe they could have gotten it in at the end of the six o'clock broadcast on channel eight or something like that that had an hour-long broadcast but otherwise there's no way they could have gotten that into the news in 89 nowadays they probably could have gotten it in in a heartbeat but the 10 there was a 10 o'clock news that was just starting out at the time and again that their first reports about the case didn't really come until you know because i worked there um and I, I've seen the archives and that they didn't start covering the case until a day or a day or so later. So I don't understand the news stories, like how, how he's can ask her about, like, did you see the news stories? Cause there wasn't anything in the news yet. It was too, but the missing, but the missing portion came out that, that night. late that night though, but late that night. And I always, I had always, again, going off of memory, I had always thought that it was in the 11 o'clock hour that the the missing report came out now of course they could have chimed in during a commercial i think that's right i think you're right i think it would have been because let's just put it this way when it comes to the like the the levels of stations here in cleveland about whose ranks where you know channel eight it goes channel eight channel three channel five 19 um that's those uh, 19 was the one that had the 10 o'clock news now at the time they were the only ones with the 10 o'clock news. So most likely this would have gone out to eight and three and five for the 11 o'clock broadcast. So there is where you you see a little issue with the timeline, at least what she's referring to. Well, and I've covered plenty of cases in the garage where someone is saying to, you know, person A is saying to person B, Hey, did you hear so-and-so died or so-and-so was killed? And it's stuff that was not in the news yet, or police were not even aware at that time. The a case that comes to mind immediately is Kimberly Neese out, out in Montana. There are suspects in that case because they're talking about the death or murder of Kimberly Neese before it was known by law enforcement, by before anyone found the body. Right. And so this is a very similar situation to me where if, if in fact, we have to keep in mind, if in fact everything this woman is saying is true, then it's very, it's highly suspect that he's calling at 10 o'clock or in the 10 o'clock hour asking, did you see the news about that missing girl? Uh, and there's been no news about a missing girl yeah. at that point or, or nothing broadcast anyway. See, that that can go both ways. So you could see you can if you want to play devil's advocate, you could say she's mistaken because, you know, her, her timelines are off or right. um, again, he, he's calling and asking her about this and that implicates him. So, I mean, it could go one way or the other. I mean, it could be a a good thing for this guy or a bad thing for this guy. But the fact that he hasn't been arrested yet, if that's the case, I, I'm still, I'm still just, I want everybody just to cool their jets and 
like let's let the authorities do their thing um but like again you talked about how like if you you look at the report you know and it's not the report that we're reading and it's you know it's they're bits and pieces of the report that are in there and they talk about how she came in and you know blamed her ex on this you know for doing this and one of the big things that i've learned is that this is a common tactic for just uh, women who are and it can go for women or men you know uh, i'm not trying to be sexist here just saying that exes have been known to turn in people right or wrong whether or not they did it uh specifically speaking if they didn't do it is what i'm trying to get at here just to give their life hell <laughs> so uh the reasons and spetzel even told me that happened to dozens it happened a dozen, dozen times, times in, in this, this case in amy's case alone particularly alone in this case at, at least a dozen times and so he would have been one of those people that takes it with a grain of salt now i know spetzel has retired so did this report get taken and it's been read differently by somebody else and it now holds more water i mean obviously they brought in the, the witnesses to do a photo lineup but um again it's 31 years let's just say that it's it's 31 years it's eyewitness testimony is very difficult and the worst <laughs> So well in my my what I remember from the news release was I thought it said in there somewhere that that this tip was brought to law enforcement in January of 2019. Yeah. So and then that's where you go look you have to be skeptical about this very you have to be suspicious about the tip itself just going okay lady but what took you so long? 29 years we've been here the whole time where the hell have you been why why now why all of a sudden now are you so convinced why did it take 29 again it goes back to the beyond a reasonable doubt it's the same thing you you have to question this woman's story because what took you so long why were you so confused for 29 years yeah i mean were you guys together for that whole 29 years and you just the 30 year anniversary because i mean I did a bunch of stuff on the story. Obviously, there's a lot of news stories on the case. Um, you know, you talk about ramping up the pressure. I feel like when the Lake Erie murders came out, I mean, I feel like we were, I feel like the pressure was pretty ramped up at that time. Right. Um, they're ramping it up again, potentially, but I don't think this is the time to really, if they're really getting close to, to try to, figure out who this person is i think we should just let the ball game play out and go from there because again like you said it's all about the conviction and why do we need to screw it up a case let alone a case that has literally traumatized kids <laughs> for decades now so like i agree with everything you said like when they do make the arrest it's like they want to have all their ducks in a row so, I mean, that could potentially be the reason why it's taking so long. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This week's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Working as a true crime podcaster, I research some dark subjects. And when I need to brighten my day, I turn to Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a puzzle game you can play right on your phone. And it's truly a great game. You will have a mindful experience as you traverse through all the different levels while facing challenging puzzles. But Best Fiends is a fun, casual game that anyone can play. I'm definitely not an expert, but I've been moving through these levels pretty quickly. And one of the best parts is Best Fiends updates monthly. So there's new levels and events, so it will always stay fresh. Best Fiends won't take up much of your time, but what it will do is it will help you stay in touch with the friends and family, all while still social distancing. And another great feature, you don't even need an internet connection to play. The game has a gorgeous design, and I find that it helps relax my mind. Plus, the cute characters just make it all the better. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right, we're back. But let's 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 talk about real quick. She talks about in in the news story about how you know, apparently in the report about how he drove through an intersection or he had a gold Oldsmobile with gold fibers. That's all public knowledge. Runners talked about it a bunch. And again, it was a standard in almost every car that GM made. So it was very, it wasn't rare enough to trace to any particular uh, maker model. But the, the report states that this individual drove by the crime scene on the day that the body was discovered. And it was noted. The big question I have right there is why wasn't he questioned then? Because wouldn't they have questioned anyone in that area at that time? If not that day, but like, I mean, you know, maybe not that day, but any time going forward, like, let's look at the license plates of the people who were by the scene of the crime on the day that the body was discovered. So you got to figure if he was, I mean, was he interviewed back then? Well, you would hope so. I mean, it seems pretty easy to me that you could run those plates. You have the ability to run those plates and find out the, the registration address for the, the vehicle. Now, sometimes, sometimes people change addresses. Maybe you show up and that, that car's not in the driveway or you knock on the door and speak to the homeowner or the person living in that apartment or, or whatever the address leads you to. You speak to the person living there and they explain to you, I, I'm not the person you're looking for. Um, but, but you're right. It, it would have been fairly easy for them to track down said individual and ask them a few questions. Uh, simply, you know, the, the number one, where were you on 
Friday, October, you know, right. That's the number one right there. Um, there's a good chance they spoke to this guy. There, there, there's a decent chance that they spoke with this guy. You, you hope that they did at the very least. I mean, this setting up the old cop car or, or the, the old detective with the notepad at the nearest intersection on the day when the bodies recovered on something, you know, that's going to be big news in that whole Northeast Ohio is a, is a play straight out of the book of, of John Douglas's playbook. I mean, it, it's it's good old, for him to return to the crime scene it's good old-fashioned detective work in my oh opinion. well that yeah that, that i agree with and my so, my so his name was on a list somewhere in the crime file you would hope sure and i would hope that i would hope so um again if if it if the registration showed up as bay village I mean, boom, <laughs> like, it's I less mean, than a mile and a half. They said less than a mile and a half from the shopping plaza. Aren't you going? Yeah, oh, so, so like, uh, you know, how many red flag? Like, so that's parts of the report that I find hard to digest, because if you think about it, what the hell is this guy doing driving down to the crime scene on the day that the news media is there? Like, why are you going on that day? Amy called her mother. Um, is it a possibility with him living so close that he simply took her to his house to make that phone call? Um, no, I'm talking about the day that the, no, I know, day... I know. Sorry. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm still, my mind's still swimming with some other. Sure. Ideas, sure. Sure. But, sure. Uh, I mean, we can but no, you're all over but... what, what they are talking about on the, the body recovery site. That's, you know, 40, 50 miles away. Their, their statement was we could find no reason for him to be in the area, be in that area at that time on that day. So we agree. We, we're suspicious of, of why uh, he happened to just so happened to be passing by the, this body recovery site. Yeah. I, I'm going to be very interested. I, I think that from what I've heard from people that I've talked to, that are in the know a little bit more there's some i mean something's going on that's all i can say but that's really all i know too so it's like don't think i know something that i'm you know i'm not holding back i just know that from what i've heard through the my grapevine is that there is some movement in the case and whether or not it involves this particular individual i i don't know i i'd be interested and I'm, i'd be interested to see who this guy is obviously we all want to know who this guy is but i honestly this sounds just you brought up douglas it just sounds too good to be true this is exactly what like a forensic profiler would have like you, it's like some like she watched an episode of mindhunter and went Oh, you know, he, he, I'm going to go, you know, he screwed up my life. I'm going to go screw up his. And he's, you know, he, he was, uh, he wasn't at home at night. I mean, there's just so many things that nothing's worse than a lover scorned. And that's all. No, I get that. But let's say that 
that some of this information is coming from law enforcement, from the court document, not just from her tip. So if she's reporting this guy and then they cross-reference it with things that they already have and they figure out, oh, wait, we saw his car on the day that we recovered her body near the the recovery mm-hmm. site. Um, that's not something that she can fabricate that, that, that either happened or, or it didn't. And, and f- I'm not going to sit here and believe that 31 years ago, she drove his vehicle near the, the recovery site and waited 29 years to phone it in and frame the guy. Um, no. so I, I think that it's a very interesting lead. I am incredibly suspicious about it as, as you are with the, the timing of it. Why does it come out now? Why is she coming forward now? Is this someone that, that has tried to speak with police before? Was she under some kind of threat that, that she was just too afraid or what, Why were they in a rel- what was the straw that broke the camel's back that That's- made her finally go and say something? Was it just their relationship, as you pointed out, certainly a possibility, or was it, or was, was she able to finally connect uh, some of the dots there? It, what happened? Was it, was it something Bill Huffman said on his show <laughs> that inspired this tip? You know, again, all we want to see is the case resolved. I don't care who's, who's responsible for, getting somebody to to come forward I, I think it's the whole goal has always been to bring closure to the community and the Mahalovics and, and and if this is the case and you know she got a she grew a conscience and you know Spetzel talks about that in all of our interviews about how it's up to the public to step up and if you know something to come forward so it plays right into that theory that somebody did have a reason but you do have to question what was the straw that broke the camel's back like you said and it, or was it not taken so seriously at the time because of the fact that so many people had come forward with the same type of you know my ex is involved and yada 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 and they didn't take it seriously and then they went back and they look at it again because if you look at the timeline okay so this comes in in 2019 they do this photo lineup in 2020 and what this guy supposedly comes into the police station voluntarily this last summer. And then, I mean, there's just, as there's some of this stuff that just doesn't line up to me, but I'm, I'm hopeful. (laughs) I just don't want to be, I don't want to say we're here yet because as you, we know that it's, it's just a long road and it's, like you said too, let's just pump the brakes, take our time. We've waited this long. Make sure you do it right because you don't want to spoil. Well, you're you're like me. You don't want to get your hopes up. And and look, we we've been there before. <laughs> we have a vested interest in this case on an emotional level, right? On For an sure. emotional level. And so I feel kind of feel like the kids sitting on the wall at the school dance and, and a girl walks by and every time one walks by I think she's walking up to me to ask me to dance but they just keep walking by and they just keep walking by and that's what this case is it's it's we've had 31 years of thinking oh we might have something here oh nope it's 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 a whole lot of nothing or we we followed the lead and it, it didn't go anywhere it might be useful information 
It just doesn't lead us to where we need to get. You wonder too, you know, we have the, um, the police chief at the time said in, and I'm talking about 89, 90. Yeah. He said, I would give anything for a car, you know, my kingdom for a horse bill. And he said, I would love a car description because we've, we've talked about this in the garage and on your show several times, a vehicle is so much easier to trace than a person. Um, they, they have VIN numbers, they have a license plate, uh, registration and address it and a name that's attached to it and so on and so forth. And I would give anything for a car. And you have to wonder, looking back now, knowing that they were smart enough to jot down license plates and vehicle descriptions near the recovery site. Mm-hmm. Was he talking about that? Was he saying, I would, I would just, we were hoping and praying we would be able to, to see a car that was spotted at both spots. We wanted to see, even though it, it's months later that we recover her body. We just, if we could have just seen the same car, eyewitness sees the same car at the plaza around, you know, three o'clock that day, that Friday when she went missing and we see the same vehicle months later near the recovery site, we would have, we would have went after that guy. Um, I mean, it, it goes, it goes a lot of ways. One thing I found interesting in the release, and I wanted to take your temperature on this here, Bill. Yes. The there's there's a little line kind of buried in the news release that says um news story. I just not not to not to it's a it's not a press release. It's a it's an actual news story. So it's been edited and stuff like that. That's the only you, thing. I, thank you. I'm not trying to be very, <laughs> not trying to be you know, cuz it just makes it sound official and again, the Bay Village Police Department declined to comment on the story. Well, we so. are nothing if not official. We are not Here official. Who we are not official. We are not official. <laughs> so I just wanted, I just, but I just wanted to make sure that people know that you know, this is out of a a police report. This wasn't a you know the the police didn't right, release this right. information. The, the the statement though and the apologies for correcting you. No, you're fine. I, that's what I come here for, <laughs> to just be beaten verbally beaten. <laughs> um, but the the sentence in the report in the new story mm-hmm. of this guy, the suspect, the new suspect may have known Margaret Mahalovic from, uh, drinking at a specific bar or an area, uh, bar bars in the area. What's, what's your thoughts? Oh, uh, okay. So this leads me to a number of questions about this particular suspect. So, he checks off a lot of the things that has already been made public, like the gold fibers, uh, Margaret having a drinking problem, potential suspects being uh, friends of Margaret's, somebody that may have met her at a bar. I mean, we've, we've discussed and speculated many different theories on this show and your show and uh, many of other shows have done the same. And so like, I take that as, wouldn't be surprised by any stretch of the imagination that there is a connection between what, but again, there, there were so few bars there. Bay village was dry at the time. You got to understand there, there were no bars in the whole city of Bay village. So she would have had to go to, they didn't want another Sam Shepard. I think is, <laughs> is the well, the, the, this, again, the whole, the city was always dry. It was one of those things. And then, 
the Cahoon family, they donated all this property that's basically directly across from where Amy was abducted. And they put in a bunch of different rules and regulations that the city had to follow for a number of years to keep the land and yada, yada, yada. Long story about the bars. But anyway, that leads me to think of like, what bars was she going to? And were they shadier bars or where was she doing her drinking? Cause she worked in Rocky river. You know, there's only so many bars between here and right. Bay. And I mean, there's definitely, there was definitely a, a, a fair share of them, but you got to think she must've been going after work and drinking and coming home drunk. Cause they talk so much about her alcohol issues. So, and James had talked about that too. That's where the the big question lies of if you get too drunk at a bar, you don't remember what you did the next day. We've, we've had this conversation before you and I. Right. Um, right. So it's like, who did you talk about Amy with last night? <laughs> and also in the report news story, the reference to, you know, when they ask him, had you, have you ever called the Mahalovics? He's like, oh, maybe, but it would have been a wrong number. And then they ask him about DNA and he says, no, only if it was planted there. Um, I mean, and then he took a lie detector test that showed he was being deceptive. I have issued with that part of the story because of the fact that we all know lie detector and tests or lie detectors are a good tool but they're not necessarily reliable, hence the reason they're not allowed in court. But the fact that it was 32 years, 31 years since the murder, I think deception, if you're trying to remember stuff, I think that shows up the same way as uh, deception. And I just, because you're kind of like, you have to rack your brain a lot for old memories. So what are you doing, you know, showing different it's it's reading your heart rate and I don't know. I just don't take those tests very seriously. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna stay it. Stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. I mean, there's a million reasons. Well, not a million, but there's several reasons why someone could to could get a false positive, a false negative on those types of, of tests. And again, they're the tests themselves are only as good as the person conducting the test. Mm-hmm. And the uh, interpreter, because that's what really the the expert is, is going to interpret the the readings that the machine pumps out, and and decide if Bill is lying to Nick or not. Yeah. And um, so let's get let's move past that because we we have the same feelings on it. I look, I'm not saying get rid of. No, no, I, I, no. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's all it is. It's a tool. Yeah. It's just not. Don't take it as gospel. So could have i i feel like that sentence of could have known amy's mom margaret from a bar could have had drinks with her could have been an acquaintance of her i feel like that's almost a um you know when you're when you're questioning the person that comes forward with the tips you're mm-hmm. checking all you know you're checking all your bases and checking all your boxes there and that's a question you're going to ask um, sure. anybody that's worked this case for a while will know to ask that question. And you feel like she gave a, well, it's possible answer, N- not, not something so specific as, yeah, uh, she, she, he definitely knew Margaret. They hung out together on multiple occasions at, 
at uh, this particular bar on this particular street corner every Wednesday. You know, it's I want to see specifics yeah. on that. That's that that's some of the stuff that I feel like is lacking, especially with. You know, if they're going to detail a lot of these things in the case, in the news story from the report, I would hope that the person giving the report did provide some something substantial more than hearsay because okay how many people lived in bay Fifteen thousand people okay so so okay so what he lived in bay um has he had any pedophilia crimes you know has he been charged with anything else has he been involved with any suspicious activity does he is he does he look into child porn and stuff like that and those are some of the questions that i i feel like if there was real bite to this there would be that involved in this type of story i mean like because you know that would be something that this girlfriend would know like he was into girl little girls he was into kitty porn you know because Again, Amy was 10. This isn't like a, you know, they didn't kidnap a teenager. She, you know, this guy didn't kidnap a teenager. So it's like you had to be a pedophile to be, to do this. So I want to see some more information about that. Someone posted on our blog, truecrimegarage.com. If you want to go there and speculate and read the other speculation going on. Someone posted on our blog that they thought they had reason to believe it might've been a bar in Lakewood. Now you're from, you're from that area. That makes make sense, sense too. That makes, yeah. I mean, Lakewood is the bar Mecca. Okay. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's why um, they presented that. I I don't know their reasoning for stating that, but there's a bar every corner. Oh, sounds like <laughs> literally I, I, sounds like I should be living in Lakewood. No joke. It is literally a rite of passage for anybody who lives in the Cleveland area to at least live in Lakewood for a year or two, because you just get to walk home from the bars and it's absolutely fabulous. It's like you're good to extend your college life for another year or two. <laughs> I'm look, I'm and I've got to some friends extend that, college life for the rest of my life. <laughs> I telling you, I still have friends that live at Lakewood. So Hey, <laughs> to each his own man. <laughs> okay. So anything else that you thought was particularly intriguing about the news story that came out? I, I feel like, I just feel like the timing of the release is questionable the too good to be true meter on my brain is going off and that's never a good sign. Am I hopeful that this is it? Sure. But I, I just, I've I've been down this path before. Uh, We've known people that have named people that circumstantially sound great, but we also know that that person isn't necessarily involved in this situation so and i'm talking about runkle so that is one of those things where if it turns out to be a homeless guy who lived a mile or so away from amy i've told you my sounds like recently homeless though yeah i mean that's the thing and that's what you gotta wonder like is he just living out of his car because of the pandemic and the fact that, that employment sucks for everybody. Maybe or, he's got a really nice um, car. 
<laughs> I know. For some reason, I'm picturing himself, picturing him still living in his gold Oldsmobile right. <laughs> from '89. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, I would have liked to have seen in the report the car was gone after this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If the body was in this car, because the the gold fibers were found on her body. We know that. Yeah. So there would have been blood in the car. What I mean, where did the car go? Right. That's that's what I'm just saying. Play devil's advocate about the about the information she gave. Oh yeah. Rule rule number one in the um how to kill handbook is get rid of the vehicle. You know, uh we, right. we see that in, in most cases. I don't know, man. I that that's a stumper right it, there. It definitely is. It definitely is. The other thing that's that's that I'm very curious about, and it seems to me, okay, let's pretend that new suspect. That's what I'm going to call him. New suspect is the guy. Okay, he's responsible for this murder from 31 years ago. Let's pretend that. Mm-hmm. This son of a bitch is. I'm going to give him a little credit here. He might be pretty smart. Might be pretty smart, and I say that because of a couple of the statements that were released in that news story. Of, did you ever call the Mahalovics home? If I did, it mm-hmm. would have been a wrong number. Is there any reason for us to have found your DNA at the body recovery site? Well, if you did, it was planted there. He's he's not giving a no because a no locks him into a box, right? It locks him into a, a compartment of, okay, well, if we can prove to a judge and a jury months from now that you did call the Mahalovics and that your DNA was found at the recovery site, now you have to explain it away. You, you, I mean, you can't, you can't explain it away because you said that it didn't happen. That, that, it, that it was not possible. I don't think it's possible for them to find out if he called her. No, no, I don't think that it is either. I, I, and I actually don't think that, um, and I, I try to stay hopeful and optimistic, but I've told you my problem with this case in the past few years has been, it, it's, it's become, it's become depressing to me because I'm starting to lose hope. And I'm not that guy. I rarely am that guy in any of these cases, but I'm really starting to lose some hope in Amy's case, particularly with the the thought of DNA, DNA evidence. And we know this guy agreed to a DNA swab. Um, that doesn't mean that they conducted one. I don't see why they would not have done that um, if he agreed to it. Yeah. So the I have heard that there's some testing going on but it's so minimal as far as what they have i mean again the way that spetzel described the dna is like they have like three toothpicks and if it takes three toothpicks to find out if this guy is the guy that's all the dna that's they have so it's it's a one-shot deal spit the bit is what they say you know um you so it's he's got to really be the the guy. That's right, what I'm trying to say. Right. Is it like they they've got to really think he's the guy if they're going to use up the DNA? That's my two cents on that. And again, any person that's watched crime shows and stuff like that knows 
that's a classic go-to for any weirdo that's getting interviewed by the police. You know, he could just be a conspiracy nut and be like, well, if it's there, it's because it was planted there. <laughs> right. I, I'm just saying there's a lot of freaking crazy people oh, yeah. out there. And oh, really? <laughs> I, well, you know, we do this show once a week called Who Killed? And I know you do a show called True Crime Garage where you cover a mur- new murder case every week. It's so weird. People keep getting murdered. Somebody said to me a few years ago, they go, uh, well, aren't you worried that you're going to run out of material? I said, no, I they- said in a perfect world, I would I would have no show. So your answer, yes. kid. Run out of material. <laughs> no, there's 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 there are bad people doing bad things every day, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the world we live in. And I mean, I had talks with people on Facebook yesterday about this and trying to say, like, listen, put yourself you're you're putting yourself in the mind of this person, but you don't have any idea what the mind of a crazy person is like. I mean, you didn't go and kill a little girl or lure a little girl and murder her 31 years ago. So like how how can anybody know what this person's really thinking? Because he's gotten away with it for so long. I'm hopeful, but I'm also keeping one foot in reality. <laughs> does, that, does that make I'm gonna sense? I'm going to throw something out there, too, and this really has nothing to do with the case, but um, or very little to do with the case anyway. But you wonder, they, they mentioned that they went and got a search warrant for this dude's storage shed or storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you wonder, and, and he's homeless. His current, his current status is homeless. Um, but Sweet uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing, but I, but I am, um, you wonder, did he, uh, was he living in that yeah, storage you're gonna unit? Upset all my, you're going to upset all my homeless fans. <laughs> was he living in that storage unit? And then they went and searched it and he's no longer, no longer living there. He's got to live out of his vehicle You know, because people <laughs> will sleep there. They have, that's well, you know, that's true. That's true. You know, and that part of the news story also made me think of when Renner and I went out and talked to those people who came across Runkle's uh, photo album. storage units. What's that? It was a photo album that they had. From oh, yeah, the his, photo uh, album. <laughs> his storage unit. Yeah, I mean, I take that with a grain of salt and uh, have fun with that one. But again, the fact that this guy has storage units and... Uh, and there's been no move, movement on the case, really, technically, other than this story. I'm, I, I want to say I'm hopeful. Well, but... they didn't find any of those three missing items from Amy in that storage unit because you would, you'd yeah. have to believe if they found any of those items, an arrest was game yeah, over. It's happening that day. It's happening. That's next stop is let's go pick this dude up. Yeah. I just look at it this way. I put it out on Twitter. I said, hey, if the FBI has a guy and they think it's the guy, they don't advertise it and they don't make stupid mistakes like this. And we didn't know who the Golden State killed. We didn't know it was, you know, Joseph D'Angelo or whatever his name was uh, until he was in handcuffs because that would screw up the whole thing. But they were doing multiple tests on D'Angelo's family members to figure out who it was and they didn't let that leak. And that was like the biggest case in the world. So BTK, they knew it was him for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And nobody yeah. found out. Nobody found out until we were supposed to find out Gary Ridgeway, green river killer. 
nobody found out until we were supposed to find out. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. I mean, you could just go down the list of the FBI arrests of these of these huge, high-profile individuals. But this all sounds like Bay Village stuff. I know. It, it sounds like Bay Village stuff, but the FBI is the one that's still investigating the case. So I know that the Bay has some people that are working on it, but I don't think it's as... I know there's only one person at the FBI on the case, but they might have brought in more people now that they feel like they may have something here. But this definitely was a Bay Village police report that they got, but still should have been, in my opinion, sealed by the FBI because it's still a child murder. Refresh my memory. Did you speak with the current FBI agent on the case? I have not, actually. And... I mean, I know that Spetzel had a lot of faith, faith in her, but they change over as time goes on, right, right, like right. he said. And they come in for a refresher when they do so. So they know what's going on, whomever is assigned to the case, whomever, if it's not the same person that it was when I was uh, you've, first doing the You've been to Bay Village Police Department on multiple yes. occasions. Do they mm-hmm. have a Mahalovic wing there or a room or closet that, that you believe to be filled with case files and potential evidence. All right. So this is the funniest thing about the Bay village police department is I've never seen a more quiet police station in the history of visiting police stations. A very relaxing job. Oh, I mean, there is nobody there. There's two cars in the parking lot. You have a desk clerk. You obviously have somebody who's answering the emergency calls, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then Spetzel had a secretary. And yeah, I never went past his office, which was the first office in the main corridor. So yeah, there easily could have been. uh, I know I sat in like a briefing room with Torsney for our interview yeah, they definitely have a like a war room is what I think you're getting at. I think they definitely have a war room and they do have the electronic database of all the different people that they've interviewed and witnesses who've come forward and that's why I'm just hoping they're only dot I mean they're just dotting their eyes and crossing their T's if this is the guy and that's the reason why there hasn't been an arrest, but I'm really skeptical now because there hasn't been. Well, and of course, everybody wants to know who is this guy? Who is the unknown, the unnamed new suspect? That better not you come know, out. I, hey, if I knew his name, I'd say it. I don't. Well, care. I, I um, think it would. I just don't like we've talked before, though. I think that taints the the stuff down the road because that screws up what the jurors will hear, and you you just I don't know, man. I just want to not be the person that screws this one no, case no, up. Of course not. So, because it is so close to our hearts and it is close. And I know Mark Mahalovic and, and Georgette, and I know that they want nothing but resolution. And obviously seeing stories like this have got to be jarring to them. And that's definitely one thing that I think of when I see stories like that, I think about how this affects them because are they being briefed on this stuff? You know, do they know that this are they stuff's consulted coming? before the story comes out? I mean, as far as working in the news, no, no I don't. Right. I, I I don't believe that the, in this particular case that they were. They probably were contacted, but they 
probably declined to comment, but they don't say that in the news story. So that leads you to believe that maybe they didn't reach out to them. But one thing that I find interesting, and I think that new suspect is a good, a good name, a good moniker to, to attach to this guy, because, you know, on true crime garage, we've covered Amy's case multiple times. We've had Renner in for an interview. We did our own coverage of the case on a few different episodes. We've revisited the case on our other show off the record. And we, we started talking suspects and never got around to talking about them again. The idea was that we were going to toss out, you know, Nick's favorite 10 suspects in the, in the Amy case. Mm -hmm. And these are all people that have been mentioned elsewhere. Um, My top 10 actually includes some people that have been mentioned elsewhere, but not named in Amy's case. If that, if that piques anyone's interest, but um. I can say this. We only covered five on the show a few months ago, maybe a year ago. And this guy, the description given of him, he's not any of those five that we mentioned on the show. And right. we, we can check some of those people off. That doesn't make, that doesn't mean that none of these five actually are the guy. It just means that the guy that, that is rumored that they're currently looking at is none of those five, you know, Runkle, the, the age is too young to be Runkle. You know, mm-hmm. this guy is mentioned to be 64 years of age at this time. So the guy's too young to be Runkle. Uh, Billy Strunak was one of my top five. He's no longer alive. So we know he's not the guy that they're the rumored to be pursuing. But they've been um, doing a lot of things with gene therapy these days. You never know. Right, right. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting. And I, yeah, I just hope, my hope really at the end of the day, Bill, is you know, obviously the goal has always been justice for Amy and her family, but my hope at the end of the day with this particular portion of the Amy case story is that I don't want to see this just, just kind of go away. You know how that, that happens in these cases where you get this, you get this big buildup, this big, exciting thing happens like what happened earlier this week. And then it, it fizzles out and you just never hear about it again. There's, there's people like you and I that talk about it, that, that, uh, you know, rehash it for everybody, uh, for everybody's, uh, I joke around and say that we don't do a show for, for, you know, we're not on TV, so we don't do a show for your eyeballs. We do a show for your earballs. So <laughs> people like you and I get to talk about it and, and, uh, titillate everyone's earballs, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you hope that, that, if this doesn't go anywhere, I would love to be told, you know, I, or, or love to be told at least, Hey, we found problems with the tip itself. We've, we found some issues. We found the the tip to be less than credible. Um, you know, and I, I obviously we're probably not going to get that, that level of satisfaction, but it, like I said, I'm the kid standing on the wall watching the girls walk by, and I'm I I don't know how much more heartbreak I can take. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, and I look at it also as I think we're all going to be un- unsatisfied no matter what. <laughs> and I know that sounds lame, but I I just think we're all going to be a little disappointed at you know because we've made this guy out to be somebody that 
he probably isn't and build him up to be a you know the boogeyman where in all reality he's probably just some schlep and it's not going to be like the movie seven you know it's not going to be some dramatic ending where what's in the box you know it's just i think it's gonna be like okay this makes sense right but then it's gonna be but if it doesn't go anywhere then you know that it was meant to just be a ratings grab for sweeps week so that would be disappointing that's the that would be the most disappointing thing for me is if it turns out that there really isn't any true teeth to this report other than it sure sounds well and good. i always try to be a glass half full kind of guy so to throw a little optimism out to the universe right a sort of right. Little, little positive energy Let's get supercharged, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, we had an update that got True. excited on the the anniversary, February eighth, twenty twenty one. We got some potential good news in in a thirty one year old Amy Mahalovic cold case. I'll I'll call it a cold case. I know that nobody wants people don't want to say that. I mean, it's been thirty one years. If it, if it ain't cold, what what is it? Um, but some positive news there, maybe something potential to be excited about in Amy's case. We have another big anniversary coming up. Another case that you and I are both have an, have a, a vested interest in emotional interest in the Delta yes. double homicide case. Uh, February 13th, February 14th is, is right around the corner. Just the day or two after this will come out, just tossing that out there. Hopefully we get some good news in that case as well. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Yeah. We all, we all hope there's closure in that case. I mean, we've both talked to Kelsey and, you know, people can always look up those episodes on, you know, wherever they get their podcasts on who killed, but yeah, that, that's definitely a, a big anniversary. Uh, you're right. Let's stay positive. I'm uh, just trying to be, I'm not trying to throw totally throw cold water over everything i'm just trying to play at least the skeptic and not getting my hopes up because i've been here before and so that's it that's 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 where my two senses on on this new this news story that came out on monday i mean that's well really bill it. i'll tell you what thanks for having me on and when we do finally get the break in the amy case that, that we've been begging for when we do finally get the break in the delphi case that we've been praying for i ask that you have me back on because i love talking to you buddy yeah i absolutely you know that you are the uh the number one guest and the most uh highly rated guest on who killed <laughs> so uh so it's definitely not a problem to to have you on and i love having you on and know that your life's crazy and busy and I know that with this new Amy information this week, you guys did an episode on on it as well. So you guys can find all of their episodes on Stitcher and their full catalog. And you guys have done how many shows now? Well over 400. Over 400. Right? We've done over 460 shows. I don't know wow. the exact number, but we're in that 460 range. And I will throw this out there, Bill, before I sign off for today. I don't know if you can tell. I have a bit of a cough. I'm hoping you edit these coughs out. If you don't, leave this portion in. Shame on you, Bill. Shame on you. 
So, but hey, good talking with you, buddy. And I hope you have a good day. Thanks so much, Nick. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks again to Nick from the True Crime Garage podcast for joining me during this crazy week of Amaholovic news. And we do hope that it is real news. As a reminder, you can find all of the True Crime Garage shows on the Stitcher app, which can be located wherever you get your apps or podcasts. And as a reminder, I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And I will be dropping a new season of My Passion Case this spring. So look for new episodes on Tuesdays once that season launches. And thank you to News 5 for providing the topic of this week's show. Anyone with more information is encouraged to call the Bay Village Police Department at 440-871-1234 or the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. As always, if you do enjoy this podcast, as well as the other shows that I produce, you can help support them by clicking on the donate button on the left-hand side of slowburnmedia.com. And again, that is slow minus the W. You can also contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at bill-huffman-3. I will also provide a link in the show notes. Again, I'm very serious when I say that every contribution, big or small, really does help keep these podcasts on the air. And you can help support the show also by leaving a review wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And again, those five stars do help keep the cases that I cover, such as Amy's, in the spotlight. So if you'd like to stay up to date on the cases that I've covered, as well as the new shows I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. And thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, be healthy. Stay safe. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. 
Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.